welcome to episode 18 in the Kips Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of Kips and Kettlebell Concepts. In this episode, we have an international gym owner from Amman, Jordan. Mona Batar is one of the owners of Lift Joe, a master instructor for Kettlebell Concepts, and the gym's head coach. The programming offered at Lift Joe is truly a unique experience for its members, which includes kettlebell classes, strength and conditioning classes, and classes that include battle ropes, TRX, sleds, and so much more. When planning this podcast, Mona and I had originally discussed sharing concepts on the development of her group exercise schedule, but as the episode went on, the direction moved to what she's doing now for her online classes and the steps she's taking to improve this process. These are the steps that are helping her grow her business and even attract new members. Let's get to the episode. So Mona, what are the first steps in developing a new class that you take? Um, so some of the first steps that I take in terms of developing a class for my class timetable, for example, is finding out what people want. Um, I like to speak to my clients individually, interview them, ask them a few questions, get to know what it is that they want, what are their goals, um, and then find a way to integrate the collective goals if it's for a group class integrate those collective goals into a class format or a program that I can design to, uh, to cater for a, sp- for a group of people. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, how, that's how I create the programs um, on my timetable or new classes, let's say. Something that you and I have talked about is education. And even prior to recording this podcast, we were talking about different education out there. And I know from you, from knowing you for the past couple of years, you're a big fan of education. You do a variety of certifications and not just in one discipline. What are those, I'll say, steps you take in order to take that education you learn from, let's say, from the Mike Boyle certification or the Precision Nutrition? What are those elements that you tend to look for that you think your members are going to appreciate? Well, my thing personally is I love to learn. I have a huge passion for learning. And this has been... I mean, I've been in the industry for 21 years and education has been a big thing for me. So I like to learn as much as possible from different areas, different schools, different um, teachers. And I like to combine the pieces of information that I learned from different schools and different educational platforms and then have the ability and the freedom to create my own educational syllabus out of that. So I'll take a little bit out of, let's say that like the Mike Boyle uh, certification, and I'll take a little bit out of like TRX and I'll take a little bit. So all of the elements that I find, I find myself bought into, but also I find that respond directly to um, people's needs in general. And I create um, like a syllabus or an educational syllabus platform that I can then recreate into the classes. So education is a big part of my coaching business and the classes that I create. It's, you know, my biggest, my biggest goal for my clients is that I have the ability to educate them while coaching them to a point where I'm enabling autonomy for the client so that ultimately if they were anywhere in the world, you know, traveling somewhere, they have the ability and the confidence to know that they can put together a sound workout that they can perform safely, effectively, and efficiently that aligns with their goals. 
And one of the unique factors of your gym and your business that I've seen on social media is it's not just quote unquote traditional classes. I have seen that you do spin, but you have TRX, you have battle ropes, you have sleds, you have just an assortment of items that you incorporate in the classes with creating your class schedule prior to, and this is important to bring up in terms of when at the time of recording this, we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic. So uh, things have, of course, changed. But with the offerings that you have, what are those most popular ones? Um, so obviously, with the whole pandemic and, and having had to pivot online so quickly, and you know, we went into lockdown pretty early. We were one of the first countries to go into a full lockdown. So accessibility for equipment was pretty challenging for mm-hmm. clients. And so I'm going to start here and then work backwards into the gym. Yeah. Um, so accessibility was, was a big thing. So the first thing that we did was we loaned out all of our kettlebells to our clients that wanted to continue training with us online. And that's nice. highly due to just the versatility uh, of using the kettlebell. I mean, you've got a kettlebell, you've got a full, you've got a whole gym, right? Mm-hmm. And, and because our gym primarily has a big focal, focal point on training with kettlebells, um, we are, I like to call us the home of the kettlebell in Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's a strength class or whether it's um, a circuit workout, you'll always find a kettlebell in one of those workouts. And so most of our clients are already well-versed with training with kettlebells. And so we, we, we gave our kettlebells out. We, we loaned them out to our clients and I created um, a strength program that was, you know, revolved around body weight um, body weight and kettlebell training. And so we even, I mean, in the gym, we also had like a combination of like a boxing conditioning workout, but obviously with no access to bags, um, you know, kick bags and punching bags and stuff like that. I had to recreate that program into a shadow boxing and conditioning workout. So, you know, we take elements and, and techniques from um, kickboxing, Thai boxing, and boxing, um, and we shadow box. So it's more of like a cardio conditioning workout with intervals of strength uh, or body weight. Uh, so strength using kettlebells or body weight training, but also having to um, create a whole library of exercises with no access to things like barbells and and so on and so forth. You know educating people and teaching people on how to be able to create things like isometric tension using something as simple as a kitchen towel and, you know, doing things like bent over rows with high tension using a kitchen towel or using a kitchen towel for like shoulder activation prior to, for example, doing snatches in, in a workout and so on and so forth. So obviously the variety of programs that we would normally offer in the gym were cut back, but the diversity of how we run the classes still exists, even though we're just using our own body weight mm-hmm. and a kettlebell for most of our workouts. So yeah. It's um, good stuff right there. Really good stuff. Right? And the, the variety and the versatility of all these items. I mean, you see that, you see that in your social media posts. I mean, I can recall seeing in just your Instagram stories for your gym, um, Lift Joe, it, the TRX being used in one, 
somebody pushing a sled in the next, somebody on the, the rowing, rowing machine. I mean, everybody is using a variety of, of tools. And with that, um, and being the owner of the gym, let's go into the business side of it. Do you have any special requirements for your employees when they want to be an instructor? Do you require anything or do you have any kind of maybe in-house training specifically for these? Because these are unique tools that not everybody is aware of them or they know the safety precautions for them. When hiring coaches, I mean, um, like one of, one of our coaches coached primarily like the boxing, kickboxing classes. And that's hugely because his background is in kickboxing and boxing Mm -hmm. Um, but in 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 terms of like requirements yes I do have a requirement in terms of standard and experience and you know not that you know qualifications are always the focal point because somebody could have all the certificates in the world but not necessarily have the skills to actually translate that knowledge onto clients so for me um, you know one of the biggest things is being a team player, being open to um, receiving feedback, um, you know, and being coachable most of all, right? Mm-hmm. So being open to receiving feedback, being being open to learning as well. Um, I mean, personally, I'm well versed with all the modalities um, that I use in, in our gym, and so normally when a coach starts coaching in my gym the first let's say couple of weeks but obviously it depends on the experience of that coach we would do a co-coach where i you know i I would get the coach to you know start off like the movement preparation or the activation part of the workout help you know help with assisting in correcting people's technique um, and then you know going on the ground coaching one-on-one um, where people need it and so on. So they're developing their skill set of being in a group, but still having that individual attention. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not just the coach is going to stand there going, all right, do this for this many reps and then become the cheer, the, you know, the, the cheerleader on the side per se. Mm-hmm. Let, let's take a, a step back with the, um, with the online training. I think that, um, that is something that you and I were talking about, about before. And even before we jumped on um, this recording, you had just finished teaching a class. Can you run me through and the audience through what a typical online workout looks like for your participants and your members? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you the example of the class that I just finished nice. coaching before, before mm-hmm. jumping on. So um, the class I just finished coaching is our unique home created um, kettlebell conditioning program and it's called primal iron and i've even had that patented and registered and and you know all the other stuff that comes along with that so the way the class goes is basically uh, i'll start off with dynamic mobility so just you know focusing on getting into the body getting breath work in the body um, loosening up the areas that need loosening up um, and just getting, you know, just getting some blood flow and breath work into the body. So that's the first component of the class. From there, we move on to movement preparation. So this is where we'll start, you know, um, doing things where it's like light load. For example, today we had some snatches in the workout 
uh, and we had some high pulls, for example. So there's a lot of posterior chain work in the workout. So one of the elements of my quote unquote movement preparation was um, a bent over scap row, for example, just to activate the scap. Um, and then, so that was like the first round of work for 30 seconds, just scap rows with two second holds. Um, and then from there, the second time around, it was a scap hold into a bent over row just to really prime, you know, the, 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 the back of the shoulders and the back muscles going into that workout. So dynamic mobility, mobilizing the areas that need mobilization because of whatever movement patterns we're going to be training in and then movement preparation. So that's where any activation work will come in or any loaded preparation movement is going to come into play. And then um, we'll go into the main areas of work. So today's workout, we had um, two main circuits and a finisher. And the way I program um, our workouts are more based on movement patterns versus muscle-based training. And so today's workout was the biggest focus was on pulling with a little bit of pushing to balance it out. But mm-hmm. let's say it was 70% pull, 30% push, simply because yesterday we did a big squat and push workout. Um, so, so that's how I program. And so, yeah, so we'd had the first circuit um, and that would be whatever, you know, whatever the, uh, whatever the workout focus is. So today, like I said, it was the pull. So the first circuit was, um, we did if, trying to remember it's only, it's not too long ago and I've already <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> um, oh yeah. We had a combination. So we had a complex of a bent over row into a single arm clean, mm-hmm. um, supersetted with, um, a set of explosive deadlifts, two arms on the bell. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we did that for three rounds of work. So you'll see now how the, how the workout progresses into the second circuit. So the first circuit we had bent over rows and cleans and then explosive deadlifts. So then the big circuit is our second circuit of work. That was the main circuit of work where we had snatches. Um, so you can see the bent over row, the clean is building into the snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was vertical styles, you know, vertical style snatches. Um, and then, some push-ups to just to balance out the push with the pull mm-hmm. and, and then a complex of like a high pull into a reverse stepping lunge. So just incorporating some of the other movement patterns into the workout. And this is why the reason is it's not every single day that I'm going to have every single client turn up to all of the classes on the timetable. And so if I have a pull day and that client only ever makes it to the pulling day and it's a hundred percent pull, then we're missing out on other movement patterns as well. So there's always going to be at least 30% where we're, you know, where we're working other movement patterns as well, just to keep that balance in check. But the biggest focus will be on, uh, you know, a primary movement pattern. And then the finisher is where we'll get into some metabolic conditioning towards the end of the workout. And I always finish off with some decompression work. Nice. Nice. Sounds like a really solid class. And, Something that you and I, again, were talking about before was how instructors are teaching these high technical classes online. And what does that look like from your, and and this is actually a question that I wish I asked somebody previously when we're talking about adjusting to online workouts. 
What does that look like for you as the instructor once you show it or you're, you're saying it? I mean, in live and when you're teaching somebody, you kind of have your own style. You show them, you watch them, and you have that ability to be with them right there. But with the online format and you're instructing, what is your, we'll say, flow go like for teaching a new exercise or showing the exercise that they're about to perform? So my form is, is, is basically just like I would on an education course is I'll name, I'll name the move or the mm. exercise. I'll show it, I'll demonstrate it, and then I'll explain it. So they get mm. to visually see what it looks like. And then I'll explain it and break it down into the parts. And if it's something that's, you know, if it's, if I, if it's something that I'm teaching that's brand new to, to the group, mm -hmm. then once I've showed the exercise, explained the details of it, and then showed them again, I would, first of all, ask if everybody understood, you know, I'll check for clarity mm -hmm. and then I'll have them actually perform three to five or however many reps I find appropriate in the setting, depending on what I'm seeing on the screen from, you know, across the board, what the movement patterns are looking like. Mm -hmm. I'll have them practice a couple of repetitions. So that gives me an idea of how that's going to fit into the workout and what it's going to look like and feel like to them. And then that also automatically gives me an idea of, who I might need to scale down and offer, you know, some, some kind of regression that still keeps the integrity of what we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe with a better option of an exercise that just lowers the risk of them being injured. Um, and obviously with, with being online, one of the biggest bonuses, even though we're not live with our clients in person and we can't really, touch them and, and, and adjust certain positions is that we have the ability to check everybody at the same time on one screen, as opposed to being in the gym and, you know, and, and sometimes having to start running back and forth from one end of the gym, if you don't really have like a system, uh, like a systematic approach to how you approach the group in a live setting, mm -hmm then that could quickly become like the, you know, a headless chicken running around back and forth across the gym floor. Whereas on the screen, we have a big bonus here where I can see everybody at once. I have everybody's microphones muted. My microphone's the only one that's on. So mm -hmm. everybody can hear me. Nice. Um, so yeah. And, and I, you know, generally and ideally I ask people to set the, cause obviously everybody's on zoom, right? So I ask everybody to set the, uh, the view on their, on their screen to the speaker view. So they, they see me, you know, on the big screen, obviously if they choose to see everybody as a gallery, that's their choice. But I, you know, I advise people to have the speaker, you know, which is me on their screen so that they can see everything clearly. Of course, lighting is a big thing. So having, you know, I'm very particular about how I set up my, my laptop in different times of day, um, I have enough lighting in my apartment, um, you know, to make sure that if it starts to get dark when I'm coaching my evening class, there's still enough light that people can see me clearly. Mm -hmm. I connect my laptop to my TV screen so then I can see everybody in larger uh, view so mm -hmm. that I'm able to correct people. So yeah, that's nice. how I do it. Oh, and um, it's good that you mentioned those little details in terms of what you want the class participants, how do you want them to set up their computer to keep them focused, keep them organized? 
I mean, we're still going to see those types of, we'll say, um, in a cl- class format, you get those people that they wander off, they're distracted or whatever that might be, but still taking those precautions, those professional steps as an instructor to make sure that the experience is as best as possible. And that was also another key item that we, you and I were, when we were catching up, was those things that you're investing in as an instructor in order to provide a professional service. And one of the great things that you had mentioned is that even when potentially where you are um, in the world, that once things do go back to normal, there will be a component of online just because of the, I'll say the efficiency of it, the ability to reach people across the globe and not just in your local market. And a key factor of that is the professional aspect. What are you doing with your lighting? How are you uh, organizing the class? How are you, what are the settings that you're making sure that each participant has? Because a factor that you told me before was that some people prefer it. They prefer the online workout and their ability to get that experience. And they they didn't feel like it, um, that they needed to go back. And so the ability to grow, create that part of your business, I think that's something that every fitness professional needs to consider. But along those lines is the equipment that you're looking to invest in. Are Are there any other items that you've been looking at or that you've been researching that you think are gonna really help take it to that next level? Well, I mean, sound quality is is key, right? Because, and this is something that I'm facing right now. Um, you know, some days I'm at my business partner's apartment and sound quality is just a little bit better because there's a bit more furniture in the house. It's absorbing a lot of the echo and, mm-hmm. and so on. But in my apartment, because it's just me and my dog, in my in my living room, I barely have any furniture, and I've got tiles, and I've got a high ceiling, and I've got a lot of reflect reflect reflective surfaces like windows. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of windows in my apartment, and so the sound quality when I'm coaching a class from my apartment is just so much different because I'm using the microphone on my laptop directly, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just so much echo that even if I want to play music, because music is another factor. Or like I'll play the music off of like an external source, um, like a JBL speaker or something. But when I'm coaching from my apartment, I have to turn the music volume down that much more because of the echo. So then it's like my, my voice and the music and the echo is just a lot of sound clutter. Mm-hmm. Um, so sound quality is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier as well, you know, having a, a high quality camera mm-hmm. would make miles of difference in terms of like visibility and, and, you know, and especially like there's so many things that with just using the laptop, like with using my laptop, I've had to actually change some of the lighting in my, in my apartment. Like I've, I've literally had to hire an electrician mm-hmm. to change some of the lights so that I have more light, brighter light uh, for the evening class. Yeah. Um, during the day, it's great because I've got a lot of natural light that comes into my apartment. So that's, that's great. But then, you know, I have to have like a little spotlight that's like down by my feet. Mm-hmm. And then I have to have another spotlight that's, you know, that's like focused on the rest of me just in case um, I run into the evening and it is starting to get darker when I'm coaching like the 7 p.m. class, for example. Right. So, so investing in like a, de- like a decent quality camera would be a huge factor, especially if somebody's thinking of, you know, 
continuing with, with online stuff. And, and from my experience so far, um, and with a lot of client interviews that we've been um, conducting, my business partner and I, is before COVID-19, people wouldn't even, like a lot of people would, couldn't even think or fathom the idea of training online. With COVID-19, that's changed. People's psychology has changed around training online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our client interviews are based around people are enjoying being online because of the convenience factor. It's just that much more convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine people across the globe have become more and more aware of how important it is to have a designated area in your household to train from. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be fancy or big or anything, but just an area that you know you can escape for you know, 30 minutes or an hour, however long, and just have like some basic equipment that you can use. Um, you know, whether it's like a pair of dumbbells and, you know, a couple of different weights of kettlebells and maybe some like mini resistance bands and some big resistance bands and, you know, and, and whatever else you think is appropriate for your training. Like for, for us, um, you know, we actually um, have a list of items that we know for the programming that I, I you know, I, pref- you know, I create and I do is I know that this is the best thing that I can help my clients with is taking out the guesswork and saying, okay, here's what you need to be successful and not feel limited by any of the programs. And it's nothing expensive. It's nothing fancy. We all know how durable and economic a kettlebell is. You know, we all know how um, economic it is to buy a pair of dumbbells and you can do so much. Right. And then this is where principles of training come and play. Like even if, if, if you're trying to, achieve hypertrophy and the weights that you have aren't that heavy well you can simply start changing the time under tension and things like that right so so you know to be successful with online a huge part of it is going to be educating our clients on how they can still achieve the goals that they want to achieve through um you know different principles of training um and and you know and just being able to have them buy into that knowledge and that education, you know, and, and, and I, I imagine that would also help create that much more autonomy for the client. So, so sound quality, camera quality is key just to go, you know, just to go back a little bit on the question that you asked in terms of like, how do I handle, um, or how do I manage my clients if I'm teaching something new? So part of, Part of my process is during the onboarding process. So I make sure that I get to speak to every single client beforehand anyway. So while they're joining or after they've done, for example, their first free trial, um, I'll get in touch with them, find out what their goals are, find out what you know some of their history is. Um, so that I can cater to that individual. So even if I'm coaching 21, 22, or 25 people on a screen, I'm still able to get personal with those individuals that require, um, you know, that um, either lateralization or um, option, you know? So this is where it becomes that much more crucial. I mean, as coaches, we already have that importance of having the client, um, client coach relationship going, but with being online, it's even 
much more essential to grow and nurture that relationship because really that's all that's all we've got right now to be successful is what type of relationship are you creating with your clients and your community to keep them wanting to come back because there's so many different options online and you know one thing that we were talking about earlier as well is the ability to tap into other markets so now there's you know there's that much more online competition so how am i going to be able to create the relationship with my clients that's going to help them feel safe heard understood and catered for in a group setting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the experience um i think that's such a a thing that we might forget i'm not a gym owner but you being a gym owner and you've shared some of the things that you've brought in for your members in an online setting i think that many gym owners they they were doing that before they were looking for that experience what is an element that i'll have that can give me that leg up on the competition can you share some of the other um i'll say professionals that you've brought in and during these past couple months that you have brought an experience for your members in an online setting yeah so so we didn't waste time like as soon as we had the announcement that gyms were closing down this was before jordan went into full lockdown um our first thought my my business partner and i our first thought was we've got to reach out to our community our clients and let them know that we've got their back that we're not leaving them behind that you know they're cared for and that we're here and that we are creating um something that will keep them going keep them on point but also support them even you know even if it's not physically but mentally and this is a time you know this is a time where the world needs more coaches mm-hmm. right and so part of that was on the f- very first day we spent the first 24 hours literally literally working around the clock and i'm not exaggerating when i say we spent 24 hours working to get you know to pivot but we also managed to ha- you know to host our first zoom call community support call with our clients on that very first day and it was basically to say hey you know gyms are closing we've got you we're figuring things out but we want you to know that we have a plan and we've, you know, we concocted this plan a week before we actually went into that lockdown. And so that was the first thing that we did. And we, and, and realizing that people needed support, you know, and holding our community, keeping everybody close and connected was one of the first and biggest focuses for us. And so we continued having daily community support calls on zoom for that entire first month um, of lockdown and part of that was i would you know i would facilitate group coaching um so we would pick you know pick different topics and talk about them whether it was nutrition whether it was like goal setting or mindset stuff um you know we we just open up discussion questions so on and so forth and then i had guest speakers scheduled every single week so we had one guest speaker every single week uh, from a different country join in our community calls um, and support our community so for example one of our guest speakers was 
um, an advanced practitioner in like the Wim Hof method of breathing. And he actually spent about 90 minutes with our community, wow. taking everybody through breath work. Um, so his, his biggest focus and his company's focus is on around fear management. And obviously at the beginning of COVID-19, everybody was reacting in fear. Mm -hmm. And so I invited him to come and speak to our community. Um, you know, talked about some fear mitigation, um, practices. And then a big part of it was on just like finding a way to downregulate your system and, you know, breath is the biggest factor in reducing anxiety, right. And mm -hmm. oxygenating the body and, and, you know, and just bringing your body back to its natural state. And so he took everybody through a breathwork session and it was magical. Wow. Um, another guest speaker that we had was a nutrition coach. Um, so she, she came on our call and, and talked about, you know, how to build a healthy immune system and what people, what measures people could take to, uh, just build a healthy immune system. Cause that's our greatest asset. Right. And, and, and focusing on health rather than fear of sickness. Cause even though the end result is the same, but where we put our focus plays a huge role in how our system's going to react. Right. And so if we're running away from fear, that's not focusing on health. That's focusing on running away from sickness. Mm -hmm. So that's a negative thought pattern, right? Uh, versus focusing on health and understanding that this is a virus that nobody can really control, but the only things that we can control are the things that we can control. And those are things like building a healthy immune system, you know, what food choices we can make, what, you know, what supplements could potentially aid in keeping our immune system uh, healthy, but even little hacks like, you know, um, drinking thing, you know, drinking a glass of water with like lemon and Himalayan salt first thing in the morning and, you know, just things like that. So building a healthy immune system, that was another topic. Um, another guest speaker that we had is actually a really good friend of mine that lives in Dubai. He's an ex uh, professional athlete, triathlete. Wow. Um, and was also on the national handball team for years. Um, so he had a 180 degree turn in his life where he became a transformative coach. And that's, that's his business now. He's a transformative coach. And his biggest focus is on stress management. So he came on one of our calls and it was a 90 minute call where it was supporting our community uh, with, you know, what things that they, you know, what things we can do to mitigate stress or manage stress better because it is a stressful time, you know, whether it's fear of getting this virus yourself or you have kids that you're worried about or you have older parents that you're worried about, you know, so, so that was another speaker that we had. So, so for the first four weeks, it was, you know, guest speakers focusing on areas that people were highly concerned about or in everybody was scared everybody was stressed out from the uncertainty from business and so on and so forth and another guest speaker that we had was um a fellow strong coach um from the strong coach community um that came on and spoke about goal setting and actually took one of our clients through a live uh practice of how to you know go through the steps of creating your own goal settings so it was like 
putting it to practice straight away mm -hmm. um, in an actionable way. So the biggest takeout from that call was like, okay, now I have a format and a, you know, a, a four-step process of goal setting that actually works. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about this is the, I'll say being creative, but the ability to go outside of, we'll say your normal network. If you're doing stuff online, if you're providing a class or you have your members online, you can now pull in friends from another country, another state, and your resources have just grown exponentially. It's not that you're, you might have decreased your resources in one area in terms of the live setting and what you might do, but now you just got to alter them. You got to look at it at a different perspective. You might have to invest some time, some money into the resources to provide that service, but I will say in another aspect, those resources have become bigger in a way that you just explained it right there, pulling in all these different people, providing this service. And it's an experience, like I said before, that in a brick and mortar live setting, you might not be able to offer those things. It might be the once in a year kind of thing. How often can you get a friend from another country to come right now? It's, Hey, are you available at this time on this day? We'll get you on a zoom. You come speak to my members. Thank you very much. Awesome. Now you have those resources. So it's such a, I'll say a unique time, but it's that ability to adapt that we've talked about, the ability to be creative, provide an experience, and still use your education, your resources that you have, and just offer in a different way. Because like we talked about, this is an opportunity to offer another revenue stream for your business once things do get back to normal. Um, I think that that also brings us to our podcast takeaways for today. And I'll say this is actually the first time that I'll be able to say where I got this idea. So a couple episodes back, I got this idea from um, a gentleman that I follow on Twitter. I think it's Iron, Iron Cowboy. He did uh, 50 triathlons in 50 states. I believe it was consecutive dates. I watched the documentary quite a while ago. Follow him on Twitter. And he was asked about three lies in triathlon training. And with you, you and I met through um, Kettlebell Concepts, and you are a master instructor for us. And so the areas that we know and we talk about, they, they go in and out of fitness and business and all that kind of stuff. And it'd be really great for you to share what are three lies that you have encountered in the fitness industry. And these vary between each individual, but the three lies that you've encountered I'd say um, the first one that, I, that comes to mind is that deadlifting and squatting are bad for your knees and your back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and again, this goes back to coaching. It's, I think, a lot, of, um, a lot of coaches put a lot of emphasis on coaching the actual exercise, forgetting that we're actually coaching people. It's not about coaching the squat or the deadlift. It's about coaching that individual mm -hmm. how to squat or deadlift. And so, so that's one of the biggest lies is like it. squat squatting is bad for your knees because <laughs> think about it, right? Every single person on this planet goes to the toilet. How many times a day <laughs> aren't they squatting, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, but it's just the ability to coach them on how to do it better and more effectively and more efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, same thing, same thing applies to deadlifting, right? And, and, you know, and, and this is, this is an area that 
that that's huge for me, especially that I suffered a really bad back injury back in 2011. And I was told by seven doctors that I would never be able to lift or deadlift again. Hmm. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's retraining your, uh, neuromuscular system on a movement pattern that maybe you've got limitations on. And it's just really progressing that individual in the appropriate way mm-hmm. to deadlift safely. Cause everybody has to deadlift. Like even if you have to pick up your child off the ground, you're deadlifting. Yep. yep. So that's one. Um, another one is around, um, nutrition. So, you know, with, with the rise of bodybuilding from back in the day and so on. So there's always this like conversation amongst bodybuilders and that trickled down into like, you know, mainstream fitness is, oh, your carb timing. Like you have, you've got to eat your carbs right after the workout or you've got to take, you've got to have a protein shake directly after a workout because otherwise you're going to, oh, God forbid, you're going to lose muscle mass, right? (laughs) Uh, so that's another myth because at the end of the day, your body doesn't really know you're having the carbs or the protein shake right now. So long as your, uh, you know, so long as your nutritional intake for the day is adequate to serve the purpose of whatever goal you've got, then that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing is, is, um, and this could be quite controversial, but it's about having evenly spaced meals throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we think back to our ancestors, our ancestors could have gone an entire day where they'd have one meal and they were still built pretty solid, right? Mm-hmm. So again, this goes back to energy balance and just, you know, so long as you know that you're getting all of the required nutrients, however you decide to split them up around the day, doesn't really matter. What will matter is how you end up feeling, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, you know, whether it's carbohydrate timing, um, you know, or whether it's spacing out your meals evenly throughout the day, it's if you end up having all of your calories in one meal, that's okay. But it's like, how's that going to leave you feeling versus if you were to space them out? So those are my three. Those are good. Big things that that, that come to mind. Yeah, I would say that those are pretty common things that you encounter in that first year of being a personal trainer or a fitness professional is about squatting, deadlifting, nutrition. And the way that I'll say someone progresses through them is once they understand what individualization is and it depends and being able to knowledgeably say it depends and explain why it depends to a client. um, I think that's such an important thing right there. Uh, Mona, um, it's really been great having you on the episode. Can you make sure to share your social media platforms and your website information? Yeah. So our website is www.liftjoe.com. So that's lift L I F T Joe for Jordan, J O.com. Um, and our Instagram handle is the same. So it's at lift.joe. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I'm coach underscore Mona M O N A B uh, for Bitar. That's my surname. And then on Facebook, it's Mona Batar, and my my gym is Lift Joe. Also, for anybody that's interested, uh, we're currently offering uh, three free class trials for anybody that wants to just experience something different or something new. They can just get in touch, DM us, um, or 
visit our website and um, put their details in there and we'll contact them straight away and with a timetable and book them in for three free class trials. Awesome. Awesome. And I would say that that's such even a great opportunity for fitness professionals that have the ideas of going online and they want to see how somebody is really executing it to a high level. I think that's such a great opportunity for them. Uh, Mona, thank you for coming on the podcast, shared a lot of great stuff. And I will say that this episode even took a different path than we had originally planned, but it's very relevant to what's going on right now. And there's information here that a fitness professional can unpack and utilize right away, which is the goal of this, this podcast. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Tyler.